Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, episode 123, with our best friend, Pete Kostelnik. We're soon going to have him as a co-host here because we have him on enough, but that's because he's the cool dude. We love hanging out with him. And I still always remember when I read about him running across America, I'm like, well, who is that guy? Like, wow. Now, one year after uh, I was in Phoenix supporting him for Desert Solstice, he's heading there. I guess if you're listening to this Friday, it'll be tomorrow, Saturday. So we wanted to check in, see how he's feeling. He had a good run at the Philadelphia Marathon. Got some good fast miles, lots of big, big mile weeks. And so just a good check in. And uh, Pete, how are you doing? Doing good, guys. Happy holidays. Yeah, that's happy holidays. Too, huh? Great time of year. It's gotten the best of us here. Pete's now in Phoenix, of course. So no snow for Christmas. Yeah, Pete, yep. Pete, let's just jump right into this race. I think there's we have plenty of content to talk um, an hour mm-hmm. more. So let's just jump in. And for anybody that doesn't know about Desert Solstice, give us a little bit of the unbelievable history at this event and maybe then get into your history at this event because this is, what, fifth or sixth time that you've been there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh man, it's such an incredible race. You know, and there's so many different ways to like think about this race because, well, you know, like, it's an ultra it's on a 400 meter track um it's your you know it's around they call it desert solstice because it's you know right around the winter solstice so it's like about the shortest day of the year um but yeah i mean all all it is is it's about 25 to 30 runners each year um you know with some pretty strict requirements to enter the race and we're just running around track for 24 hours and you know it's just amazing like i i think this race of any race out there, to be honest, maybe in the world, probably you, you see the most, you know, some of them maybe kind of obscure records, but you see the most records broken at this race because, I mean, this is literally, there have been some runners like Camille Heron or um, Connie Gardner that have broken multiple records within the same race. You know, they, they, they check off the 12 hour record, they check off the, you know, 100K record, the, 12 hour record it just all these different records and so it's it's such a crazy race because you know sometimes you get people that are running the race uh because they will do splits um so you know like i i saw the first time i was at this race i saw a guy break the 60 plus 50k world record um and that was just so cool like just like in it so it's just a very inspiring event to be a part of and you know, no matter where my fitness is, like, I always want to do this race if I can, you know, if I can meet the, the, the standard to get invited. And, um, yeah, this year is going to be no different. There's going to be, uh, you know, I think I counted of the 20, 25 or 26 other entrants, you know, I've run this race with about 15 of them. So it's gonna, there's some good experience coming back, um, this year. And, you know, I think, yeah, it's just gonna, the weather's looking really good you know, high in the low 60s. Um, and it's just going to be a really fun time out there. And and the, the atmosphere at this race is just, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's got to be so boring running around a track, turning around every four hours <laughs> and switching directions. But I, I never see that way. I'm never bored at this race. They got the music blasting the whole 24 hours. Um, you know, a lot of people come out and support the race. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So 
Yeah, I was there last year with you, and I agree. It has a nice energy to it, a really sincere attempt uh, to both, you know, go and run big as well as be supportive of each other. So that that is fun for anyone who hasn't done any race like this. There is a social aspect to running around a track because, you know, while you guys are going to go do amazing amount of miles, no one's, you know, doing it at a six minute pace. So you can make it conversational and hang out a little bit. Tell people a little bit what the experience is like, you know, running around the track with, you know, all these cool people. Oh, it's so much fun because, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the first six, seven hours, it's just, everybody's, you know, just smiling, laughing, catching up. And then, you know, you see someone have an issue and you kind of, you know, you kind of make sure that they're all right. You know, your crew might help out someone else's crew. It's, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's honestly kind of like, you know, I, I, I've never really spent any time at like a, a NASCAR race, but I mean, it really kind of is like that because you got your crew right there. You can, you know, take a pit stop really quick, but you got to get back out there. Like, you know, even in a race like this, you know, you, you don't want to stop for, you don't really want to stop ever um, if you, if you can help it. And yeah, just the being able to be always around other runners is pretty unique because, you know, I've done, you know, lots of races where I went 50 miles without seeing another runner. <laughs> so in this race, you know, you're, you're really, you're, you're right beside, you know, runners the whole time. And so I think that's, that's kind of one of the unique things about this race. Um, and yeah, it just, you know, it, there's a lot of drama. There's, there's so much drama in this race because you see it, uh, you know, if you're running a race, uh, a lot of times later in the race, you feel terrible, but then, you know, people aren't passing you because, and, and Don and I were kind of joking about this at Mogollon Monster. Like I was, I mean, at, at the end I did, we didn't get a lot of people passing us, but like I was slowing down so much, but then I think, you know, there were probably people behind me slowing down just as much as we were. And, but at this race, you know, you can't hide, like people are going to know exactly where you're at. You're always going to know like what place you're in, how much, you know, if you're gaining or losing time on other people. So I really like that aspect of it because it is very motivational um, to, you know, keep at it and keep trying to catch people. Sometimes you, sometimes I get a little ahead of myself and get like the addicted to passing other runners, you know, happen once we get further into the race. Um, but I think that's one of the cool things is you all like, and it's so easy for people back home to watch too. Like the live stream is just second to none, like the, the video feed and then just the live updates. Um, you know, it's, it's for all the data nerds out there. It's, it's like, it's like, a the, the, the best case scenario. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to racing on a track, is it, are you ever really racing against other people? Or are you really just out there to, to race yourself and to push yourself and, and, and have the strategy play out the, as you see it? Um, so is there ever that moment where you're like, okay, I know this guy is two laps ahead of me. I'm throwing down or is it all just self-motivation? Yeah. Yeah. I think for that, I, you know, I, I've, I've like, I, I think it, a smart person would, wouldn't even think about, you know, racing anyone until at least the back 12 hours, uh, or maybe even the back, you know, six hours, but, or, or past a hundred miles, whenever that, that comes. But, um, 
Yeah, for, for me, you know, sometimes I get a little ahead of myself. It's like I, I always start out in the back of this race and then, you know, 40 miles in, I start passing people and I probably get a little ahead of myself. And so this year, my goal is like just hold back as much as I can, like as long as I can, um, because. Yeah, it's it's you're, you're always there there in a race like this, I would say just about everyone knows everybody else. And so we all know, you know, we all know, you know, Camille, she's, she might, she very much well might win the race outright um, in the end. And, and so, you know, Jake Jackson, another runner that will probably do really well, like he always does. So yeah, I try not to think too much about where they're at, you know, the first, first, the, the first hundred miles. <laughs> <clears throat> Funny how you say that. I think if I remember correctly, I don't know of the field half of them were ahead of world record pace last year over the first four hours and you figure there's no way they're gonna hold that so and they don't and so it is good to uh sort of you know keep it going slow because it, it is a war of attrition out there uh let's talk about your training a little bit coming up to the race because you threw in the philly marathon in the middle of that and you had been doing some big mile weeks um, how did that all work for you? Yeah, you know, I, um, I did, uh, I did a marathon earlier this year and, you know, we, we had talked about previously and I just loved it. Like it, like, and, and that's one thing I was thinking about earlier tonight was like, you go into a marathon and for, for me, you know, the, the road marathon is really just like a celebration of your, your, um, training, um, you know, as an ultra runner, because I think, you know, when you, when you do these ultras, you become really good at knowing what your body is capable of. Um, and so doing it at a, you know, at a marathon distance, which is still a, a lot of miles. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I, I knew where, you know, I, where, what I could do and, you know, within a very small window of like two or three minutes, um, at the marathon is kind of, what I, I felt like I, I was going to execute on. And so for me, it was just, I just wanted that. I just needed something to feel good about, you know, before the end of the year, no matter, you know, and so then that kind of takes the pressure off of desert solstice. And then it also, uh, you know, I, I went straight from Philadelphia marathon, went, went home for back to my hometown of in Iowa and uh continued a really big training week just straight off the marathon and just kind of hobbled through that week and so that, that was kind of like a it was kind of just like a, a simulation of what it'll probably feel like late in desert solstice um you know <laughs> hobbling through 140 mile week <laughs> so um and then yeah then straight back down to tapering so it was, it was fun it was like a one training week and then two weeks of taper and then here we are uh right looking at desert solstice this weekend i think it's funny that you say you're you're hobbling through a 140 mile week i think that is a distance for a week that most people dream of or never will accomplish so um i got some questions personally about that because i have hit 140 miles in a week i think only a couple times in my life but you're kind of known as a pretty big mile guy uh overall do you do you feel aches and pains? Like, are you constantly waking up tired or sore? Is your body now so adapted to these big training blocks and these big miles that you can do a 140 mile week, wake up the next day and and hit a 30, 40 miler without any issue? 
Yeah, you know, I I think I am very, you know, just I think my body definitely has adapted, you know, over the years. And, um, you know, I wasn't really sure coming into this fall, you know, ramping back up after taking it, you know, taking a few different <laughs> different turns over the the summer. But yeah, you know, it's I think it's just, you know, it, it's I don't do a whole lot of very hard pace workouts um and but I, yeah i think i really think it's just just all the miles that i've put on my body consistently you know over the last uh, seven or eight years i think you know i've i've hit i think this will be the first year i come up short of ten thousand kilometers and you know set six or seven years so i think it's yeah it's just it's just building it up slowly and that that was kind of always my thing ever since i got into ultras in 2011 was let's see if we can add 10 percent each year. And I think I was around three or 4,000 and I just kept adding and adding and getting up to four five, six, seven thousand, And then, yeah. And then I, I think I hit 10,000, 10,000 miles one year, just because I ran from freaking Alaska to Florida, which was over half of it. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just the body is body's ad adaptation. You know, I don't really, um, I don't really do anything crazy. I think I was, I can't remember who I was telling the other day that you know, most of my recovery is just nutritionally. Like, you know, I eat lots of food. I, eat, you know, eat food that's gonna, you know, work well for muscle recovery. I don't do a lot of, I probably could do more, you know, foam rolling and things like that. Um, but for me, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, taking care of my body and, um, you know, just not getting, not not trying to ramp up too quickly, although I I probably took a few risks this this summer just to kind of get back into the swing of things. <laughs> so quick quick follow up on that because I'm I'm really curious about how your big mileage translates to a race. Um, I know a lot of people that aren't quite that high they'll they'll taper and their body might be ready or might be a little bit um, almost lethargic at the start. I know I'm one of them that I can I can feel when I over taper. So do you have to be almost I guess what other people would consider overtraining during your taper to feel like you're ready to compete at a race like desert solstice, or I know we started this before the recording talking a little bit about your taper. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just very curious to how somebody that's running 10,000 kilometers a year and 140 mile weeks approaches a taper. So you're not, you know, hitting that start line of a 24 hour race and your legs are just dead. Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, and, and it's, it's so gosh, it is so hard to figure out. Like, just because there's so many you know it's like you know like a hurricane developing and trying to predict you know where it's gonna go you know there's just so many elements because like i've shown up at desert solstice before i was looking back you know a couple times ago in 2019 when i ran it and like my splits were like 40 miles into the race i was already trashed and then there's other times where i do a i go out and do a 50 miler um after a big like on a Saturday after, you know, a big Monday through Friday training and I crush it. And I'm like, you know, and, and so I just, yeah, I mean, there is a rhyme or reason and, but I I've studied this. I've, I've taken, you know, dozens of races that I've run and looked at, okay, here's what I did the last three weeks, you know, one week out, two weeks out and three weeks out. And it's so hard. Like, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't figure out the perfect taper strategy. I mean, for me, it's in generally, I, I'm down to about, you know, maybe 60% of my training block mileage two weeks out. And then I'm down to like, you know, 
30% the week, you know, leading into the race, but gosh, it is, yeah, it's just, it's so hard to, to tell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's because it's not that precise, right. And in, in the, there's a lot of stuff we don't really know what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> I, I want to come back to a second, but did you actually, I was noticed, did you run a couple of miles before you did the marathon as a warm up? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I did, you know, yeah, maybe a two mile warm up mm -hmm. uh, beforehand. And then I wanted to do more, but we, we actually, it was kind of crazy because the security, I was still trying to get through security like three minutes before the race started. <laughs> so, it was a mess, but it, it worked out. And you're in 237. Is that right? Yeah. 237. Yep. Off of, to go back to what you said earlier, you don't do a lot of fast or speed work. Yeah. I just like to, I would like to, to put an asterisk on that comment. You know, I, yeah, well, that's one thing. Like I, I will tell you, I, um, when I first started doing marathons, I was a three thirty-five marathoner and yeah, I mean, I attribute probably 75% of that hour I've cut off to just sheer mileage, um, more than anything. Um, yeah. And, well, and to get back to the taper thing, like when I ran across the U S in 2016, I took like two full weeks off of running going into that, I think. And, um, I, I, and I felt pretty good about that. So yeah, it's, it's strange. It's like how much time off is too much time off going into a race. Like, you know, if you just take a full week off, is that, do you lose a lot of fitness or are you, you know, hundred percent fresh? Full week off. Yeah, I think. I, none of us would know the perfect answer, but my understanding is that within two to three weeks, you start to decline from the performance level that you've been at, and it only continues to decline. And so, yeah, I think one week is the most you can just give up before the body starts to give back the the cellular build that it made. So, yeah, there is a lot to... and. <clears throat> you know, I think that you're, we, we had some fun running you and I this year at a nice 930 pace. And uh, so we know that guys at your level do actually run slower miles, although lately it's been some faster miles, but that does help with, you know, for people listening um, long, like if you want to be a runner for a long time in your life, slower and more is probably better than faster and harder too frequently. That's where that, you know, the things pop <laughs> where, you know, mm -hmm. we're sort of, we don't say we're shuffling along, but we're, we're not over striding, you know, it's, it's good to you. And you do feel the benefits from all just the movement, you know, that that's a benefit to you. So, yeah. What <clears throat> let's talk, go back to um to solstice for a minute and uh yes it's your strategy um you know we never really like to try and put too many goals out there but what what would be a good range of miles for you um at solstice this year yeah you know it's hard because I mean it's just it, and it's kind of the, the the inverse of what I was talking about earlier with the, the marathon and wanting to feel good about something. It's, you know, I felt like going in, I was going to be, there was an 80% chance when I flew into Philadelphia that, you know, even though I didn't feel like I was in any particularly better shape than ever, 
I thought there was about an 80% chance I would fly out of Philadelphia with, with a smile on my face. And sure enough, I did. But with, with something like the 24 hour, I feel like it's the inverse. And I feel like 80% of the time you come away disappointed um, with a 24 hour race. And so I think for me, you know, uh, you know, a D goal would just be to get my fifth hundred plus mile finish at, you know, desert solstice. Like I, you know, I don't think I'll be happy with hundred miles. It's definitely not what I'm going there for. Um, I think, you know, if I could get 150, um, I think that I would be very, very happy about that. Um, and I think, you know, I, I I'm not really going to shoot for much more than I think 150 to 155. And so I think, you know, if I can hit that, that's, that's, that always kind of seems to be where, you know, good runners run a really good race at desert solstice. It's usually in that 150 to 155 mile range. Um, you know, when, I did once. When will you know if you're on pace for that? Out of, I just out of curiosity, like, will you know, like a couple hours in, oh, that's still realistic or, you know, like, how does that play out in your head? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I would say probably, oh gosh, you know, I feel like for me, like I was thinking earlier, like they're, the really, the most critical, the really the only critical windows for me this weekend are between miles 70 and 80, you know, that's always where if things start to fall off, that's where it's going to, the first chance of it happening. Um, and then between mile 100 and 101, make sure, you know, get past, <laughs> don't quit at a hundred miles. Cause it's like, you look at this race and I, I guarantee you, probably about half the runners every year are between 100 and 101 miles. Um, and so getting past, getting through that window. Um, but I think, you know, really for me, it, gosh, I, you know, I've, I've swung and missed so many times at these 24 hour races, I, but I would say like, you know, mile 110 to 120, I think that's where you'll know, like, I'll know, okay, I can do this, but I think anything short of that, I, I have no clue. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, two miles later, you could be done. So it's, it's just a very, it's a very <clears throat> morbid uh, distance, as you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've, we've been there. Uh, <clears throat> so just, uh, just to finish up on the whole experience. Um, so there's the, the music. It's great. It's a nice track, very well set up, but, uh, our Viper guys do a great job with the tents on the side. Um, any changes with nutrition strategy this year and how are you going to make that work? Yeah, you know, I, um, I think I, I think I was overdoing it with the protein. Um, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm maybe a little, a lot stronger than I used to be a lot stronger of a runner. Um, not as I, I would say, I, I used to be pretty frail. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I think I was kind of over overdoing it with the protein in the moment. And I think that kind of help has probably aided to some stomach issues um, from time to time and just lack of energy. And so I'm probably going to die. I'm going to test dialing that back. Uh, definitely going with the performance tea. Um, and, you know, just, I, I like to do like four hour rotations with nutrition, like something every half hour that's about 100 to 200 calories, and then just make it really scientific. And not maybe not scientific, but very structured as far as 
you know, coming to the race with eight different things I want, you know, every half hour and we just kind of repeat it every four hours. And then we kind of fill in the gaps with, you know, something that if there's something that the race is providing that sounds appealing, then maybe that's what I'm, I'm needing. And so I kind of, I also kind of go by feel, uh, and for races like this as well, because, you know, if you're craving something salty, it probably means you're low on electrolytes. If you're craving something sweet, maybe you're just not getting enough carbs. And so I, I also kind of keep a little bit, maybe 20% of my nutrition up to, to feel, uh, during the race, but I do like to keep, keep to this, keep to the the plan as much as possible though, just to not get too carried away with one thing over another. Yeah, that's, that's smart. It's, I mean, you, you know, this better than most, uh, but I think all three of us on this call know that ultra nutrition is kind of a, a crapshoot pretty much every race out the same thing that worked perfectly. The last, last right might be like totally not working for you. Uh, we've all experienced it and it's, it's not fun. So having some flexibility and not being rigid and, pushing yourself point the path past the point of, uh, of success with one thing is, is a really wise strategy in any race. Mm-hmm. Um, so g- getting back to the race itself, I know you, you've mentioned a few names that are going to be there and a few records in the past. If you had to, um, I know Joe Fiji's is, is really famous for, for kind of prognosticating longer races in this field. So put your Joe Fiji's cap on and like what, what, what records are going down this weekend? Um, who do you think are the contenders? I won't, I won't say pick who's going to win, but, um, who are the mm-hmm. contenders for, for big days? Who are contenders for team USA qualifying runs? Um, just, just give us a little bit of the field here. Yeah. You know, it's, I love this race because sometimes you get, um, you get the right, I mean, you get the people that, you know, that have done this race. I think, yeah, if I look at the, the, the roster, you know, 20 of the 26 people have probably run this race before, but then, I mean, you, you get people, you know, (laughs) you know, like just looking at the list, like Jeff Browning's running, like maybe one of the most legendary hundred mile trail runners of all time. I don't know if he's ever run a flat race in his life. Uh, So, um, yeah, I I mean, it's, you know, Andrew Skirka, it's, uh, I, you know, it, I just, I love when I see that because I think like David Laney showing up, you know, old runner of the year, um back in you know 2015 or whatever yeah. he's still young kicking it rock star ultra runner he you know he shows up and runs a you know the 100 miler and he's you know lapping uh everybody else every few minutes because he's you know he's you know going for the 100 mile mark mm-hmm. and so you know i don't really know if anyone's intending to go for less than 24 hours usually you know you get a few people going for you know like a age group you know, 50k, 100k record. Um, but you know, it, I think it's going to be such the, the women's race is going to be amazing. I mean, um, I don't, I think Camille, I think Camille's going to, you know, re break that 100 mile world record. Um, I think that's probably the most, I think that like if you're looking for a record to be broken, that's the one to keep an eye on. Um, but then yeah. as far as, you know, the 24 hour, you know, Allie Allen, formerly Allie Venti. Uh, I'm really excited to see her name on the list. She's, you know, she's such an incredible runner. Um, Micah Morgan's real. I mean, Nicole, Nicole, Mo, I think it's Monette or Monet. I can't, I can never remember. Um, but I mean, and then you know, Marissa Lezak, you know, just such an incredible women's field. Um, yeah. Pam Smith, I believe, 
I can't remember if her name is still on the list. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a great race for the women's 24. Um, for the men's 24, I think Jake Jackson and um, Olivier LeBlanc are probably the two. Yep. Two, the two that have had, you know, have the best PRs in the field. Um, so they would probably be, and then you can never count out Bob Hearn. So I think those three are probably the most likely to have put up big distances just because, you know, they have, you know, proven that they can do that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a, a dark horse name at you. Uh, this guy, Jeff Adams. Okay. Who I raced against at Ohio backyard has a like a 14 and a half hour hundred at tunnel hill uh he can he can scoot he's he's been around the block he's done a couple of last man standing races but i think this is his first 24 hour that guy's got the the speed and the talent and the and just the the mental fortitude to put up a pretty big 24 if he has a good day so uh look look for him out there too cool hmm. yep so it's good yeah, that'll be, yeah you know and, and that's the thing there's always you know the people that you haven't raced with that show up to these races and they, you know, they, they're everybody on this list had to get here. So, you know, to be on the, on the, that start line, you have to have proven yourself already. And so, yeah, it'll be, I think, you know, and then there's some younger guys like Jimmy Strayhorn that, you know, could put up a lot of miles. So, yeah, I mean, everybody out there, it's going to be, you know, I think this whole field of runners, each one of them could get 140 miles or more. Now, the only thing is it's probably only going to be about 20% of them that actually do get 140 more miles. And that's the, that's the, 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 the tough part, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. Hmm. So the change subject, just tiny bit, the tragedy that was this past weekend that Don or I didn't either get into hard rock or Western States. Pete, you were in both lotteries as well. No, just I was just the Hard Rock. I did just not Hard Rock. We went like like the rest of the world, zero for three uh, to get in. I had yeah. uh, eight tickets in Western. I mean, yeah, in four in Hard Rock and Zip. Yeah, I was the opposite. I was four in Western and eight in Hard Rock, and yeah. It's uh, it is what it is. So my my pep talk to the world, and and I was pretty vocal about this before the race and after the race, like running, isn't the only way you can take part in these incredible race experiences, volunteer crew, somebody like watch on event day, the, the live streams of, of uh, specifically Western as just second to none. I mean, I guess maybe second to UTMB these days, but um, there are ways to be a part of those two incredible races without showing up at the start line. I, I swept the course last year. I'm going to be out there sweeping. I am. I paced and crewed last year. I'm going to do the same this year. Um, be a part of it. It, it is okay. Not to race I, as much as everybody mm -hmm. wants to be in. I, it, it's really important not to, not to throw a little hissy fit and say like, I'll never get in. Um, keep just give back, enjoy the race. Um, and that's my, that's my little mini pep talk to the ultra running community right now. Cause we're all hurting. Yeah. Yeah. And if you ever want to be inspired too, like when I go to those races, I'm just like, you know, Oh my gosh, like I want to be out there. And like, so it's just like this and it, you know, it, and you don't have to deal with all the pain of, you know, doing the race. And so, yeah, I mean, getting out there to the races, um, you know, even though Havelina, unfortunately, my friend had to drop, um, just being out there was a lot of fun a few weeks ago as well. Um, yeah. 
So, so Don, tell me, I was looking at your ultra sign up and what, what's with this 30K, 100K, 50K uh, trio <laughs> of races? That, see, your ultra sign up is starting to look like those old guy, old, like 80 year old guys that are like signed up for a hundred miler every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're getting into, um, yeah, chasing tomorrow after dark here. Um, so the, the Gorge Waterfall races I am signed up for 30K Friday, 100K Saturday, 50K Sunday. Uh, those races are are sponsored by by Speedland, who I run for, and it's exactly a month out from Cocodona. Uh, so it's basically an opportunity for me to have a long supported training weekend with friends. Um, so I, I will not be racing those three i i think if i, I think the only one i'm probably going to push is the 100k because even on tired legs i can i can be pretty competitive at 100k um but i think it's just going to be a, a fun three-day kind of mini self-imposed stage race of sorts and we'll see what happens and and joe is in the, the 100k as well that weekend i believe if i remember yep. correctly so um yeah that'll that'll just lead into Cocodona for me yeah no, that's, that's great. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of like, you know, the Western States training camp, like you're, yep. even though you're not going to be on the Coconona course, like you're getting out there and you're doing, you know, a lot of very long distance, you know, spread over several days. So I think that'll be, yeah, I think that'll do really well for you. Um, and jackpot, you know, I, I, I won't be doing the 48, but I hope to be out there. Yeah. For the hundred miler. So, um, excited to see you out there for that one yeah too. that's a that's another for me it's a pure data race uh mm -hmm. i have never done a second night in a race before so i do i don't know anything i don't know how it's gonna feel i don't know how i'm gonna respond so um i signed up for that 48 hour race simply as like let's see what happens to my body and my mind after that second night or during that second night um so i can plan and prepare for you know, three plus nights at, at Cocodona. Um, so like I've kind of, kind of bypassing the, the 24 hour thing and, and just, I guess in the non I've, I've done a non-traditional 24 hour race now, uh, on the treadmill, but go right to the 48 hour. I think it's a, I think it'll be a fun challenge for me. I, I um, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cocky ultra runner, so I'm already looking at that course record. It's uh, Jester Ed has it at 220 miles um that's 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 pretty appealing to me if i'm gonna yeah. suffer for 48 hours go out there and try to go after 220 and uh see what happens heck yeah no that's that's amazing well congratulations by the way i don't think i congratulated you yet on your on your records um hey, thank on, you. the, on the treadmill man that's oh <laughs> yeah well and you know that's kind of what i'm going in honestly this weekend i'm, I'm testing a few things out with you know, desert solstice, just knowing that, you know, I don't think a PR is really in the cards at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's important to not treat races like B or C races. Cause let's be honest, we, our ego is too big to just treat a race, you know, like we don't care. Um, and so, yeah, I think like, but, but doing things intentionally to try to like, you know, test things out and learn. And cause that's what ultra running, you know, that's why, all the all the old guys are so good at it is because <laughs> because they you know they've learned and 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 you have to figure out what's good what's right for yourself too it might not be what's right for somebody else yeah 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 just feel it out and i think it all comes down to everything that i'm signed up for this year sparks joy it's going to be fun um even though it it scares me i'm i'm going into the deep unknown this year um it is 
three days, three races in three days, never done that. 48 hour, never done that. And then freaking Cocodona, very, very few have ever done that, uh, including me. So um, yeah, it just, I'm going to have some fun and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Like you said, we all have a little bit of an ego. I I think on my best day, I can, I, I know what I'm capable of on all of those courses. Um, but if I don't have that day, I'm still going to walk away and be thankful for the ability and the memories that I created. Yeah, I think, you know, the the part that should be interesting is the exploration. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this on the podcast this past week with sleep as a big part of the conversation, which is, you know, we just talked about, oh, well, racing paces matter and then you have nutrition that matters. And then when you go to multi-day, then it's trying to figure out, is there a time to sleep? And, you know, I was sort of, you know, I learned this when I did that Tahoe. I mean, not that I have this big experience of 200 mile races, but everyone told me you should sleep more the first day and you keep thinking you should sleep more the third day. And then you just fall behind and then you're like falling apart on the third day. But maybe if you're more rested, you won't fall apart on the third day. Well, I don't know. Like I'm just <laughs> learning like you guys, but that's part of the learning. And that is, you know, the, there is there are some, you know, I was saying this the other day that, um, you know, our social lives intersect with biology and sometimes that doesn't work. And so it's the same with racing like this. You know, our intentions intersect with biology and sometimes it doesn't work. You don't have a lot of visibility into that. It isn't like some little system that says, oh, by the way, this is what's happening inside you and you're falling apart, but you don't really feel it yet until you just literally fall apart. And so you could have done something, but you didn't know that. And so that's the whole part. That's why when Don said before, you sort of never know what you need in an ultra race to eat because you're usually eating for what the body has decided it needs. And that's what's happening. So it's, it's this very awareness. I think that's why the pacers are important to keep us aware. And, you know, but the the spirit of it, I think for all of us, why we've, spent our time out there and the training everything is just to go experience it and figure it out and i think the reason you win the day you win for any of you guys is that it all just happened to work that day because you guys are ready every other time it's not like one time i was that much more ready i think it just happens to be that those intersecting points didn't overlap so badly that you know something yeah. happened just fascinating so yeah, we're we're always chasing the perfect day. You you never expect it, but you're chasing it and you hope you can have it and you know you're capable of it. And that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's yeah, it's just like, you know, the the further the distance you go, it's like the deeper in the into the ocean you're going for that, you know, that big whale. And then, you know, the longer the race, the more likely it is it's going to hurt to not be what you know as good as you expected or maybe not expected but as you hoped but yeah when it when it works out it's like the best feeling ever so um yeah just high high risk high reward i guess yeah worth worth the effort right what else yep. we're gonna do with our time anyway uh actually this quick question on that pete when you were doing because the longest one you did was the alaska down to florida did you have as much variability on the days in terms of how you felt? Um, not 
I mean, not so much how I felt, but it was definitely, um, it, it was kind of, kind of like Don, you know, Don's, you know, three races in three days with, you know, a 30 K hundred K 50 K. Um, it was, it, it was just really based like the, each day it was like, okay, oh, now I got to run 70 miles and then the next day, 40 miles. And then the next day, 60 miles, it was kind of just all over the map as far as distances. Mm um so i really enjoyed that like it was just like okay today's like an easy day to it was it was not like you know running across first time i ran across america it's like okay we're gonna do the exact same mileage every day and then the rv is gonna park here and that's where you know the same thing with like dave's run across canada where it was like he was down to you know the exact same kilometers every day um but yeah i mean i felt yeah pretty much about just just slow and achy the whole way <laughs> are you uh what hoka sneakers you're running in this weekend on the track uh i was uh clifton i was catching up with my good friend larry stevens amazing amazing old 66 year year old ultra runner who i think he won a the fat ox 24 hour here in phoenix over the weekend outright um and 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 just for some context, we so it started raining Saturday late Saturday morning, and then it didn't get done running raining until Sunday morning. So it basically rained for twenty three of the twenty four hours he was running that race, and we we probably got about half our annual rainfall here in Phoenix <laughs> while he was doing that. But anyways, I, I was talking to him about you know I one of these days I would like to try to see what you know, a carbon shoe would do on a 24 hour race. I don't think that I have, I'm gutsy enough to do it this weekend. So I'll probably go with the, my bread and butter Clifton uh, shoe this weekend. But um, now like, you know, like what Don's doing, I really want to start testing more stuff out and, you know, maybe, maybe for jackpot hundred, I'll wear a carbon shoe and see, you know, does it, how does it, how does that feel for, you know, for that long of a distance on pretty much paved, paved course yeah it's it's fun to tinker and you can always change shoes right like at the yeah, end of the day right, like yeah, if, not... <laughs> if you're if you're not feeling it, it i mean yeah it's it's time your only yeah. currency is time and you're spending it to change shoes but like you know what is that 30 40 seconds to, to flip into the, your good old uh nice pair of shoes and right. i don't know about you but for me mentally changing my pair of like, shoes even if i'm going into the exact same type of shoe like it is like hey that last bad section, that was the shoes. That wasn't me. And then it's, it's, it's like the one thing that I always do that it's like, okay, things are going to be better. Now I have a new pair of shoes. Uh, Cause who, who doesn't get excited about having a new pair of shoes? So, um, right. you know, you can always, you can always think about tinkering, trying a plated shoe and then be like, you know, what? if it's not your day, put on a new pair of shoes, you have a new perspective. You're going to, you know, go faster than you ever did before. Yep. Absolutely. And will you change them at all on the twenty-four hour, or just one pair? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll bring a, I'll bring an extra pair, but I'll, I'm hoping not. I hope, hope to keep the same on, but yeah, I mean, for for multi-day races, I've definitely always changed shoes. Um, it, yeah, and it's just, it just, there's something magical about putting on a new pair of shoes, and just, I don't know if it's because you don't smell your stinky feet anymore. I don't know. There's just something. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's something about that. A new shirt, a new you know, anything. Um, so, but yeah, for this, you know, if, if, if I do have to decide, you know, take a couple minutes pit stop, maybe I'll just, you know, change shoes 
Um, I know, I know when I, I, I give Tyler a hard time, my friend that I paced at Leadville, I think you, 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 you saw Joe, we think, I think we changed his shoes about six times during that race. <laughs> I, I, I was lucky enough to hear that story while we were running Mogion. It's yeah. uh it's quite uh, the saga is the best way to put it. Yeah. We'll okay. go there. It was, it, it, you know, and yeah. just back to that, you know, unpredictable and who knows what's happening sometimes. And, you know, you just, I, I think if you, here's what we would tell anyone listening though, if you're getting a lot of blisters, you're wearing the wrong size shoe. That's yeah. what we know. Cause all of us have finally gotten to a point where I, I don't ever get a blister anymore. And I used to get them all the time. And then I was like, oh, my shoe is too small. <laughs> the thing is, you don't know. Like, who tells you these things? Yep. Like, don't just keep thinking, oh, it's, this is just what happens. Yep. And uh, and finding comfort in it is a good idea. Um, even running in the rain, you don't have to get, you know, like I use wool socks and they wick the water away nicely. And so I never get it even then. So all good things. So then... Uh, <laughs> Desert solstice, then taking it easy, thinking about what happens early part of next year, trying to get ready for Cocodona. Any uh, any plans on the calendar yet, Pete? Yeah, you know, I'd like to do, uh, when you guys come here to town for cold water, I'd like to do the Phoenix Rock and Roll Marathon that weekend. Um, mm -hmm. That'd be a fun weekend, see you guys out there and then run run on the roads here, here in the city that weekend. Yeah. And, um, yeah, jackpot, 100 miler. I'd really like to do that. Um, Boston Marathon. Oh. Um, signed up for that. And so. Um, the perfect yeah, training race for Cocodona is Boston yeah, Marathon. Per yeah, perfect terrain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two weeks out. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I don't know other than that, you know, like I, I, I think. You know, part of me wants to finally go do the Spartathlon um, this year, but, you know, it's, I, I just have never been very good about um, doing international races, but I think that's the one international race that I would really like to do. So maybe this is the year to go do it. Um, I did that. It's, it, it's worth it. Yeah. I would say Spartathlon. Hilarious. Oh yeah. Spartathlon's amazing. Worth, worth doing once. Um we can we can talk offline about why why I won't go back. I'm glad I did it I, once. I know <laughs> the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a good story. No, uh, I actually uh, I had a holiday party this past weekend, and a friend of mine was there. Who he runs, he's just fun guy, but quite slow, which is cool, right? And uh, so he said, "Oh, I want to do a 50k next year." He said, "Would you come with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure," because probably going to be mostly walking and a little jogging and but it, and it's the weekend after um the 100k so i'm like oh that's pretty cool i'll do the 100k in oregon i'll go back to new york and then i'll do a 50k with him in the mountains it's a, called bear mountain it'll be a lot it's like seven thousand feet for 50k so it's quite a bit of up and down so I'm like all right that's a good thing getting ready for my june hundred so and then of course being supporting which of you characters down in uh arizona uh during cocodona so it should be a fun year you know it's looking like uh we all got a good setup for 2023 joe uh, we, we we need to talk you into 
doing rock and roll the day after Coca- or, um, Coldwater Rumble. So uh, I'm doing the double again this year. Oh, you are. I'm I'm only doing the half marathon at the rock and roll, but I'm going to do the 52 miler Saturday half marathon on Sunday. Try to beat my my cumulative time from last year. Uh, our good friend Shad right. is, is also doing the same double. He did he did the 20k. He got third at the 20k at Coldwater last year, and then like got third in his age group or something like that. He ran five somethings at the day after, and he's he's running it back. So. Uh, Joe, we'll, we'll have to get a, a party at Rock and Roll Arizona if, if we can get you to sign up. I'm not running that fast, but I can certainly do it. <laughs> the half? That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. For sure. Wow. I didn't realize all this was happening, you know. Yeah, this is a recent. Uh, it's up with you guys. <laughs> we're uh, we're pretty good at bad ideas, as yeah. uh, as referenced by my uh, three races in three days on that you brought up. So. Uh, yeah, so 52 miler Saturday, half marathon Sunday, then we'll uh, hopefully see you there running, Pete, uh, at that marathon. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you got to come hang out and crew us at the yeah. water. We're like only maybe barely 10 miles from where you live there. So mm-hmm. you just drive along baseline, get over towards where the track is, go around the track, you know, that NASCAR track. And then that's the Estrellas over there. So I mean, come out and do the, the four miler as your shakeout. <laughs> it's it's like the the slowest four mile race on the planet. That was, was like 40 minute winning times. So I think you nice. could, I think you could snag a podium spot there. I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just now we're just trying to talk people into adding races to their calendars. That's... This is the new the new thing. Come on the podcast. I've been know. I've been called the David Koresh of ultra running before. Uh, <laughs> I, I I do my best to to bring people in and and welcome them to the cult of of ultra running. And um, I I I still don't know if that's a compliment. I I, I tend to think it's not, but I I own it. <laughs> we'll take it we'll take it before i knew you i would do the same thing with uh triathlons so uh you know we're we're all in, in the same category here well i pete we're hoping that you make it through your taper this week uh your big six mile days <laughs> and uh i'm sorry i can't uh be down there crewing you i had a great time uh last year it's it is a fun event and you know it is funny because you're you're pretty darn active because guys come across every time you're like oh wow pete's back it's like no time but we'll be thinking about you watching you on the tracker i'm assuming that mike and the team are doing the the timing again so we'll see that and we'll watch and uh have to catch up with you soon uh, and hear how it went. Absolutely. Sounds great. Well, good luck. We'll be thinking of you. Have a great time. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good luck, Pete. <laughs>